0: Welcome to Awakening Today, a midweek resource from Awakening Church to encourage you in our Bible reading plan. We have available at awakeningchurch.com. This is the week of March 22nd. We're glad you're with us. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on staff at Awakening. Again, this is a re- resource we're just dropping into your podcast feed to encourage you in your personal devotional reading of the word. We want you to go to awakeningchurch.com and scroll down midway through, grab our Bible reading plan. We're in the wisdom literature right now, and now more than ever during this quarantine time where we are holed up in our houses, man, we've got to be aligned with God's Word, reading God's Word on a daily basis, this podcast is just a supplement to encourage you to read it, to get you kind of excited about what you're going to read, and also hopefully clarify some of the difficult things going on in these passages. Well, we're in Job right now. You've read Proverbs 11 through 18 and also Job 1 through 3 this week, and hopefully we're at Thursday right now, hoping that this is actually kind of moved along and you're hopefully around Job 2 or 3 or something like that. This is a difficult, crazy opening to a story. And it's just about to get crazier. You know, I mentioned in the episode before that in Job 1, we just see Job, the righteous one, the one who's followed Proverbs perfectly, who's done his due diligence, is the righteous one, but he's not rewarded in the way that Proverbs usually says people are rewarded. Yeah, and we talked about yes, uh, last episode. That's usually the way life goes. Yeah, if you commit your works to the Lord, your plans should prosper. But sometimes they don't. And the beauty of the Bible is it gives you room for both. It says aim for Proverbs, but prepare for Job, right? There there is a life coming that will lead you to righteousness and goodness, but also a life that might include some suffering. Well, it's about later in Job One where we see what happens and who brings about the suffering. If you look down at Job chapter one verse six through twelve, and even beyond, most of Job one and two is about this conversation between God and someone called Satan, who's called you know the accuser in many places. He's really his this name here Satan in Hebrew is actually most literally translated. Adversary, And you have to know that when this was written, it didn't have all the cultural baggage Satan had. What we see in this Satan, this adversary, is this is a spiritual enemy of God who has rebelled against God. And they're having this conversation. It says there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is the spiritual heavenly hosts. And the adversary, this is verse 6, also came among them. And Yahweh, the Lord, said to the adversary, from where do you come from? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro throughout the earth and walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Now, this is a, Incredible line that we're getting, but going to get back to next week in our podcast. But this is an already interesting conversation that Satan and God seem to have this, you know, um, friendly chat about Job. And it makes you kind of think about Satan's role in this world. God says, Where are you? Where have you been? And Satan says, I've just been walking the earth. Just Going throughout the earth, this language should make us think about the nature of evil itself, that it lurks, that Satan himself prowls around the world. You know, in Genesis chapter 4, we see one of the first, well, we see the first mention actually of the word sin, this idea of missing the mark, of moving away from God, of rebelling against God the way that Satan has rebelled against God. The story of Cain and Abel, and Cain is tempted, just filled with anger and rage and kills his brother. And God says to Cain, Genesis 4, 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. See, scripture is filled with the adversary, with Satan, with sin. It's filled with this idea that there are powers, forces beyond our recognition oftentimes that are trying to twist our hearts and move us away from God. To use God's language in Genesis 4-7, its desire is contrary to you. Do you know that you have a defense in your life? Yeah, Job should open us up to this defense. It should open us up to this idea that the world is not just filled with your voice and God's voice. The world is filled with your voice, God's voice, and a whole lot of other voices, right? There are so much going on in your head. Just think about as you're in isolation, as you're in self-quarantine, as you're in shelter in place, whatever you want to call it, like There is a conversation going on in your head, is there not? And this is all the more reason why we need to be saturating our minds with God's word is because we need his voice to be loud and his voice to be clear. There is rebellion and sin lurking. To use Genesis 4, 7 language, it is crouching at your door. To use Job 1 language, it's walking to and fro throughout the earth. The adversary is real. Satan is real. An enemy of God exists this is why peter says in 1 peter 5:8 he says to his church this is in the new testament he says be sober minded 1 peter 5:8 be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour seeking someone to devour he says to resist him now this is where it gets kind of complicated because in the book of job again if you're just reading job you're like wait a second Does God send Satan to do evil throughout the world? That's not what's happening there, first off. First off, Satan is the one who's antagonizing, who's the adversary against the ways of God. But also, Job is not the story about every human being suffering. Job is the story about one person suffering. So it can be easy to take Job's story and to try to make it everybody's story, right? Take Job's story and you try to say that everything in this world falls into Satan's hands. No, a proper theology of spiritual warfare includes three categories that all overlap. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Be careful to overemphasize the devil. He's there, he's real, but also we live in a complicated world, right, and we also have a flesh of our own that desires contrary to uh, that has desires contrary to God's world. 1 John 2:15 says, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world." That's a passage that highlights the distinctions of the world, and our flesh, our own desires. See, we've got to be careful in reading Job to think that suffering is simple. Suffering is not simple. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I talked on the many stories we tell ourselves in suffering. That message is the first week in the Holy Contradiction series. But suffering is complicated. It is not always from Satan. It's not always from ourselves, our flesh. And it's not always from the world. I would say, far and away, usually suffering is a combination of those three things. A spiritual reality, a cultural reality, a personal reality. Those things combined together often cause the suffering in our lives. I'd put it this way. Suffering does not come from one source. But Satan is is one source suffering comes from. Let me say that again. Suffering does not come from one source, but Satan is one source suffering comes from. Suffering comes from all kinds of spaces and ways. And to read Job too woodenly or too literally, and to not read it literarily as a story that's illustrating a larger point about our world, that it's complicated, that suffering comes on people who are righteous, is to miss the point but it's also to not go too far the other direction to think that Satan's not involved in this world. Job would tell us that there is an enemy and we have to be aware of him. In the same way Peter says, be sober-minded, right? Be clear-headed about this. And so one thing I want to encourage you is as you read your Bible and as you walk through this season of shelter in place, you're going to come into some defense. Are you prepared for it? You're going to come into facing trials. You're going to come and an adversary is going to come against you. Are you prepared for it? Man, we got to take Jesus's words seriously, though, that he has defeated Satan, sin, and death. And one of the great promises in scripture is that God has illuminated our hearts so that we can see Satan and his tricks. 2 Corinthians 4 is a great place I would have us end on. In this passage, Paul says, in the case of unbelievers, this is 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, in the case of unbelievers, the God of this world, that's another way of talking about Satan, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Let me just pause right there. The God of this world has blinded unbelievers. There, there is a power at work in this world that is blinding minds. Verse 5, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord verse 6 For God who said let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ 2 Corinthians 4 verses 3 through 6 what i just read gives you the insight you need that while satan is at work blinding minds christ is at work illuminating hearts and so As you pray and read scripture, keep in mind, yes, Satan is at work. Yes, suffering is real. Yes, it's complicated. But God is powerful and his light shines in the darkness and illuminates your heart so that you can discern what is right and what is wrong. You have God's Holy Spirit within you as you read scripture, as you walk through this world. Be encouraged to know you can have the eyes to see because the light of Christ is shining in your heart. And you can discern that there is an adversary trying to take you out. You know, but I'd quote again Genesis 4 verse 7. If we are wise, we can rule over it. We don't rule over it in our own power, but we rule over it in the power of Jesus Christ. May his grace and his peace be with you as you walk with him through this week. Love you guys.